0: one of those nights I completely forgot roughly leading up to the show 15 minutes ago. Maybe uh, I sent the link to join the show to Durf, and he's like, bruh, what are you sending me this crap for? I'm working. I already told you that. Um, my bad. I, I forgot again. Yeah. There was another week where I thought he was working But he wasn't working, so he joined like last minute because I forgot he was not working. And now this time I thought he was going to be on the show, but this time he's working. So I got it completely backwards. I don't know what's happening, but we're all here. Well, I'm here and we're going to be here for a good time. And I just checked to see who's watching. And there's actually one person watching from our new Twitch channel. Our brand new Twitch channel. That's pretty dope. And that's uh, the Game On Sports podcast. Hell, heck yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I follow him on Twitch. I got Rapid Dave following him on Twitch. Old school wizard. Got a couple. I, I, I had to get on the Twitch platform. There's a whole bunch of people that, you know, the guys from Strike Out Beer and they're following. Everyone's on Twitch. So I kind of just started the Twitch channel to follow them and hang out with them. But I can put the podcast on Twitch. So let's do that. So if you want, you can follow us on Twitch now if that's your platform of choice. And Fred is watching though. Hopefully he's watching with like everyone at work. Who are you watching with, Fred? Like tell everyone else to tune in as well. Who who are you hanging out with today? Are you what what department are you in? We can just do with this whole like. Fred can still be on the show, but like through comments he can just let us know what he's doing at work. And how it's going. I want to know. It's a Tuesday. I'm sure there's plenty going on. Uh, So, before we get too off track again, like always, if you watch a show at all, you know for a fact that we just get off track 100% of the time. Just me, myself, and I, where the heck are you? Where are you working? Where it's just you? Are you like doing admin duties today, just hiding in an office in the back somewhere? And while I wait for his answer make sure to floss you have to floss everyone has to floss flossing is very important recommended 10 out of 10 by podcasters you have to floss flossing is follow liking observing subscribing and sharing everything on off the feel related follow us on let's see here normally Fred reads this I'm not used to a uh, series talking to me what the heck Fred usually does this part, so it kind of hurts my feelings. You know, uh, it drowns drowns me in sorrow that I have to read it. But we're going to get through it. Uh, So make sure you're following on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also now our Twitch channel, which is at OOTF podcast, just like everything else, you know. Everything, all of our social media handles are OOTF Podcast. in case you haven't figured that out yet, or if you're new to the show. Uh, make sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so we know how we're doing, and let us know what you like and dislike about the show. That's the important part. Leave a review. You can leave five stars, four stars, three. We've only had one three-star, one four-star, and the rest are five stars. I want the guys, th- I want the three-star review. I want to know what you are like. It's okay. I don't know. I'm don't i probably not going to be back. I want to know what your problem is with us. Uh, you can find all the links for everything at onoffthefield.com along with our fundraising efforts, our merchandise link, and to learn more about Durf, myself, and the show, you can use promo code SPOOKY through the end of the month for 10% off your merchandise. And he's just doing support. Fred's supporting the Wegmans people of the world he's doing god's work over there godspeed i'll pray for you hopefully he'll be back thursday so that's the floss segment warming up just doing the floss segment um we got a poll question going around social media right now the poll question being does trevor lawrence stay at clemson or does he go to the nfl I guess is the question because right now it's obviously the Jets are going to have the first round pick. If you look at their schedule, the Jets are not going to win a game this season pending, you know, some kind of complete collapse from one of those teams. I don't know. Maybe if two is really bad, they can get, they can beat the dolphins. Maybe that's maybe the only win I can see, but is it basically going to go to the NFL? Cause if he doesn't, if even the Jets have the first overall pick, Does he demand a trade like Eli Manning scenario? Stuff like that. Anything. So basically, it's just Clemson or the NFL is the question we're presenting here. Uh, If the Jets had the first round pick, I stay in Clemson and and I'm a Jets fan. Yeah. The Game on Sports podcast watching over on our uh, Twitch channel. Yeah. He's saying if he was Trevor, he would stay at Clemson. And he's even a Jets fan saying that. So that ju- that tells you a lot. And it, that's the problem with the Jets. It's going to be hard to attract anyone there right now. Until you at least fire Adam Gase, uh, you're probably going to have to fix a lot of things in the front office and upstairs as well. They need a lot. It's not just a team issue. They've been bad for a while now. It's a franchise issue. And that is much harder to rectify to fix a franchise and just bringing in Trevor Lawrence. Do you really, I don't, does he want to waste two, three, four years of his NFL career with that dumpster fire? If I was him, no, I don't know what. And then, yeah, this is a good point here. Uh, Adam Gay should have been gone after week two, but the problem with that is the jets have it. Have obviously, have a clear agenda, and that agenda is to tank. And if the best way to tank and get players to leave the Jets, you know, you don't even have to trade players at this point. You don't have to try. They People want to leave. You know, they'll they'll go do everything on their own. They don't have to even make a conservative effort to get rid of players because they'll just want to leave. Adam Gase staying pretty much ensures that the morale stays low. Everyone's mad at each other, and they're going to lose a bunch of games, if not all of them. So Adam Gase is doing what the franchise wants right now, and that's losing. So that's why he's still there. I don't know if he gets fired Uh, week eight, nine. I don't know what the plan is for him later, but I would imagine he completes the season. Maybe week 14, 15, they get rid of him a little bit early, but I would imagine he's there for the long haul just so they can ensure they get the first-round pick and they can get rid of any players that are soaking up more than $2 million or more on their contract, which is everyone. Oh, boy. Here's my thought. The Jets will do what the Jets do best. They will win just enough not to get the number one pick. <laughs> That's going to be extremely hard to do. I'll tell you that right now. If you just look at the Jets' schedule, I'll tell you what. What? Uh, it's not pretty. I could pull it up, but we've already gone over it a few times before, so I won't, you know, waste everybody's time doing that. But what I will do is see what we got currently for votes. And it's not popping up. What are you doing, Facebook? Show me my poll question. There we go. We got five votes for Clemson and four votes for the Jets. So a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, Adam Nutter, Michael Burlow, Key Williams, Brandon Combs, Andreas. Uh, everyone here looks like they're – I think he's – a lot more people think he's going to be staying at Clemson than going to the NFL. Check my other poll on the Insta. And so far, two votes for the Jets. So, you know, we're evening out. Pretty much between all of that, we stay even with him going – either staying at Clemson or going to the NFL – We'll check in at the end of the show, if I remember, because I know we the last time we did a poll question, I forgot to check at the end of the show to see what the final results were. But, you know, that's that's the mediocrity of this show. And we thrive off of that mediocrity. We love it. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you give the stream a share, a like, all of those things. And we're going to jump into the other sports so everyone can go vote on that poll question. And we're going to be jumping into the other... I'm not going to scream the other sports like usual because it only works when Durf is here. It just doesn't... It's not the same. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's the Engling Traditional lager. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff, folks. Is that a tie record in the background? I forgot the... I just put this up 10 minutes before the show. Not joking. Finally got the whiteboard up there. Yeah. I had a nine and six week, which is horrible. And Durf had a 10 and five week, which closes the gap. It's officially tied up at 69, 35 and one for the record for picks this year in the NFL. Yeah, I look at other people's podcasts and they pick a couple games. You know, they'll pick like seven, eight, sometimes even like only four games. And their records by the end of the year look like, you know, 30, 15 and whatever. Um, nah, Durf and I do all of the picks. We're going we're going hard every single game, every single week. We make predictions and we're going to have a terrible record by the end of it. But he's taking those chances. I got to pick better. I got to pick a lot better. We'll talk about more about picks on Thursday because that's what we do on Thursday. We make picks. But we're going to do the the recap this week of week seven. Boy, oh, boy. I I went with my brain on a lot of these picks when I should have followed my heart because some of these picks, my heart was telling me to go the other direction and I should have. So that's my fault. I I just, you know, you'd like to think your brain is telling you the right thing, but it didn't. It failed me this week, uh, but we're all tied up, had a bad week. We'll, we'll rebound, rebound next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. So for the other sports, we have game six tonight of the World Series. It's going to be Blake Snell for the Rays versus the Dodgers bullpen. You know, and I'm going to take the Rays in this one. And I have this going to Game 7 because the, the Rays have had a rough time with Dodgers starting pitchers. They have a batting average of below 200 when going against the starters of the Dodgers. But when they get to that bullpen, they're almost batting 2-6. You know, all of their, their scoring on the bullpen. And the Dodgers are going to take this Game 6 to the bullpen Uh and then the Dodgers have to try and hit off a of Blake Snell, one of the best pitchers in the league. So that's a tall order in my uh, humble opinion. I don't We got two watchers over at a uh, Twitch. Now I should have been on Twitch a long time ago. Everyone's watching from Twitch. Make sure you comment from Twitch too. I want to see who's watching. Kind of want to know, keeping an eye on the, on the stats up there. Cause I want to know, I want to know more about Twitch. See if it, it's, if it pans out and so far it is. Um, but yeah, I have the Rays winning Game Six strictly because the Dodgers bullpen is the weakness of that team. Their hitters, you they know, they're batting amazing. The offense is on fire. Clayton Kershaw is finally becoming a pitcher that you know can pitch in the postseason. I've been told that he's always been a good postseason pitcher, but he's had a couple of really bad games that skew his numbers. I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's true. I've watched him pitch in the past, in the postseason. I have never seen him pitch one good postseason game, but that's just me. I don't watch a lot of baseball. Uh, Maybe just the ones I caught were the bad ones. (laughs) I'd have to dive into the stats more, which I don't think I'm going to because it's baseball. If this is a baseball podcast, I would pull up every single postseason game Clayton Kershaw has pitched, and we would dissect it. But all I know is the two times he's pitched in this series against the Rays, he has been lights out. I think he's had so it's 16 strikeouts in those two games, something crazy. So, But they're going to go with the bullpen in game six. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's going to go to game seven. And then the Rays will put Morton out there. I know that much at least. I don't know who the Dodgers are putting out there. I think they're going to be putting out – um if, if this is why I need Fred, Fred would know his name, Bueller, Walker Bueller and his really tight pants. That'll be the matchup for game seven, I believe. And I think that's what we're going to That That's when it'll be decided. Uh, Khabib, I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name, Khabib in the UFC. He retired after going 29 and 0. he won his last fight in UFC 254. And he said it after his father died uh, a couple months back. And he told his mother that he's just going to finish this last fight. He's got one more fight to do. And then he was he was going to retire and be done. He said there's no chance he's coming back. He can't fight anymore without his father there. So tragic story with his father passing. Um, it was real sad all around the league. Um, everyone, you know, in a sport where it seems like everyone would hate each other, you got to beat the crap out of them. Literally stand inside a ring, an octagon technically, and just beat the crap out of somebody. For three or five rounds, but you know it's when when your father passed away. A lot of prayers and thoughts went his way, and it was it was good for Khabib. But he promised his mother this was going to be his last fight. I posted the video on on off the field's uh, Facebook page. It was it was touching, and somebody was very smart and connected. Michael Jordan when his father passed, and then he won the NBA Finals, uh, and then. Khabib winning his last fight going 29 and 0 and then retiring after his father died. So they took, put the picture side by side. of Khabib just laying in the octagon, you know, just crying and Michael Jordan in the locker room, crying that infamous picture that we all know laying on the floor on his back. So putting those two pictures together kind of touches you in the heart right there, gets you in your feelings. So that was a, that was a really, um, uh, smart connection. Someone did that on Twitter. I don't know who it was. Should have got that Wisconsin college football. Here we go, folks. COVID is attacking hardcore Wisconsin college football. They are down to their fourth string quarterback. Fourth string. (laughs) I'm I'm shocked they have a fourth string quarterback. It's all you go on the waiver wire, you'll pick up a Go pick somebody up. Like in the NFL, you have to go pick someone up. Random. Fourth string quarterback. Yeah, he's a redshirt junior, Danny Vanden Boom. I love that name. I hope he's good at football because I just want him to make it to the NFL so we can just have a guy in the league where his, his name Boom is on the jersey. That's what I want. Danny Vanden Boom. He's next in line if the other quarterbacks continue to test positive and can't make it back which is very unlikely because if you test positive i believe it's a 21 day window so that's a big issue for wisconsin football so if you're if you're a fan of the badgers i got really bad news for you it's going to be a long couple of weeks for wisconsin football with danny vanden boom being your quarterback (laughs) sorry folks lane kiffin was fined for retweeting this is a fun one he was fined 25k. Lane Kiffin, uh, the head coach of Ole Miss, he was fined for retweeting the fact that SEC refs blew a call that basically dropped Ole Miss to one and four. Everyone knew they blew the call. Even the SEC knew that the refs in the replay blew that call, but they still find him. It was a kickoff that was ruled a fumble, recovered by Old Miss. So that would have just, they would have had the ball deep in the territory, in the, in who they play, Auburn's territory. It would have been amazing. Oh my gosh. It could have been a touchdown. You go, they were only up by one at that point, could have gone up by eight. But they ruled it a touchback for Auburn. And then they went down and scored the go ahead touchdown. They looked at the review, still called it a touchback when it clearly goes off the fingertips of the Auburn, uh, guy receiving the kickoff kick returner. Um, so he was really mad about that. So he retweeted something about how they jacked that up. And I thought Aaron Suttles had a funny tweet. It says Lane, Lane Kiffin replay blew it. SEC replay blew it. Also the SEC. Here's a $25,000 fine lane for correctly pointing out that we blew it. <laughs> the SEC fully admitted that they messed up that call, but you're still going to find him. I feel like if you come out and say, Hey, we messed up. And then Lane Kiffin just agrees with you. You can't find him. That's kind of garbage. In my opinion. Don't you, Don't you think if you knew you blew the call and everyone around you is like, yeah, he blew the call. We agree with you. They can't just go around being like, Hey, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you can't talk like that. Here, here's a fine. You can't say that we blew it. We can say we blew it, but you you can't say it. And it was a retweet. It's not like he made his own tweet. He retweeted it. He's literally agreeing with the SEC. <sighs> College football. College football is a mess right now. I don't know. You know people said that the NBA title is a sham. The Major League Baseball title is a sham. All of these things are shams because of COVID. The one league that no one's really calling a sham as loudly as the other leagues is college football. Ohio State was put at in the power rankings, the top 25, whatever they do in college football. They were like number five. But they're starting like four weeks later than every single other league, if not more weeks later how do you put how do you put a guy a team at number five granted they're still very good they're probably gonna be that high anyways but when they're not even playing like the the big 10 was announced they're gonna come back and they're like "Oh, the big Ten's coming back that means we're gonna throw Ohio State up here what no no you can't just throw them in there granted they won and it's fine like they're good team still I understand it but once, If a Big Ten team makes it to the CFB title game with only playing limited amount of games, that's the big question to go around college football. If a Big Ten team can make it, should make it, to the college football playoffs. It's only four teams, folks. And the Big Ten is only playing, I believe, eight games. Everyone else is playing pretty much a full season. It's going to be a bad look. if because. Everyone else has played more games, get a little bit more war down. Ohio State coming in, a couple more games fresh. They could run the table, and it'll be a sham. That's a real sham. If you want to talk about a sham of a league, it's college football. Ah, oh, it's petty by the SEC, says Fred. Yes, it is. It is very, very petty. But, yeah, they got to make up that money that they lost. They talking about leagues that have lost money college football, schools, commissioners have lost a lot of money. Get some yingling in my throat. And for those wondering, um, you know, we're looking for sponsors because this is is the point in time we'd look for a sponsor. You know, I got to take a sip of yingling. Let's throw an ad for the sponsor in here. So if you know anyone that wants to hook up with on and off the field, you know, let, let us know. (laughs) So that's it. That's all I got for other sports. Going to move on to NFL news, NFL news. Jerry Jones is falling apart at the seams. Jerry Jones cannot keep his head together anymore. His team is a disaster. Dak Prescott is gone. Andy Dalton got it. Got decapitated. Everything's falling apart. Zeke Elliott is just. He's on my fantasy team. Trust me. He's doing very bad. And he wasn't doing even good when Dak was there. So he's just having a bad season in general. Jerry Jones can't take it anymore. He went on 105.3 The Fan radio station. And when questioned about if the team has a leadership void. He told the host to shut up. Not just straight up shut up. Well, he did say shut up, but, you know, he was kind of just, what are you talking about? That's garbage. That's nonsense talk. Shut up. I'm pretty sure the owner of an NFL team should not be going on radio stations telling hosts to shut up. It's a bad look. And the question being about a leadership void and you're going to go around telling radio hosts to shut up. Well, their leaders definitely not you because leaders don't tell radio hosts to shut up when asking simple questions. Mike McCarthy is not a leader. When Mike McCarthy was in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers was doing whatever he wanted. Mike McCarthy was not the coach of that team. Aaron Rodgers was the coach of that team. That came became very apparent near the end of his tenure there. And even when the new coach came in, Aaron Rodgers still thought it was his team. Now they're kind of on the same page. Their offense is kind of a combination of all their minds in Green Bay, and they figured it out, and they worked together. Mike McCarthy just got ran over over there. And Jerry Jones has a very specific idea in mind when he picks his head coaches because he wants to still be in charge. Mike McCarthy is not by any means in charge of this team at any level. Jerry Jones runs it from in his office. He runs virtually what happens on the field. Mike McCarthy is just kind of there. He's a face, he talks every once in a while, he runs practice, but he's not really a leader. The real leader before was Dak Prescott. They were still a mess, but at least the offense was putting up a lot of points. The defense was terrible. If the defense was any good, this team actually might have a above five hundred record. That could be on Mike McCarthy, that could be on Norton, the defensive coordinator who put Tabasco in his eye during his press conference today. That was a lot of fun. Maybe it was yesterday. Still, very funny. That's a true story. Look it up. Put Tabasco in his eye. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, he, if you're talking about the hot seat for any coaches, it'd be Norton, defense coordinator. Literally set himself on fire with hot sauce in his eye. There's definitely a leadership void. The leader used to be Dak Prescott, and now Dak is gone. Nobody trusts anybody. After Andy Dalton got decapitated by Bostic, by the Washington football team linebacker, the Dallas Cowboys are just kind of like, eh, you all right, dude? You you look like you died there. You good? All right. All right. Here comes the medical staff. You're good. And they all kind of just like waltz around their business waiting to start the next play. I'm pretty sure if your quarterback gets decapitated, maybe go up to Bostic give him a little shove. You know, defend your quarterback, defend your team. You know, this has been a big conversation this week. After that happened, the Cowboys players just kind of like, oh, man, that looked like it hurt. That sucks. And they all just walk away. I know you don't want to get into a giant fight. You're already down. You can't afford a penalty. But at least push and shove and defend your guy a little bit. Do something. Make it look like you care that your quarterback just got obliterated. There's no leadership. There's no accountability. And now Jerry Jones is telling radio hosts to shut up. Nothing is going right in Dallas. And if you're a Cowboys fan, I'll pray for you, dude. Yeah, and there's Fred. No support from the players on the field. That was pathetic. It was. You know, if Russell Wilson took a cheap shot to the head and, my, and the Seattle Seahawks are just walking around like, oh, that sucks, Like I would be furious. Like, think about that. It's your your leader on the field just got killed. You're just going to sit there and be like, "Mm, no, you're going to be mad. That was a cheap shot. Walk up to the other guy, take your helmet off and swing it at him. I'm going to beat the crap out of that guy, punch him in the face. That's a normal reaction when you're defending the leader of your team. Andy Dalton's not the leader of that team, though. He never will be, never was going to be. Mike McCarthy's not a leader. There's no leaders. So that's why he told the host to shut up. Because he didn't have a legitimate answer, they're sending their players away to other teams. Yeah, Everson Griffin. I guess we'll sk- we'll skip to that. We'll skip to that. uh The Lions traded for Dallas defensive end Everson Griffin for a conditional twenty twenty one draft pick. So Everson Griffin moved again. Now, at first, people said it was um going to be a six round draft pick. Now it's a conditional 21- 2021 draft pick. My only question. Uh, for Everson Griffin and anyone that was, you know, just just in general for this entire trade, defensive end who has two sacks already on the season, Everson Griffin with the one of the cheapest contracts that you can have this season so far, Seattle, where you at, boys? Hey, Everson Griffin, the guy you were looking at earlier in the offseason, they were trying to trade him. For, for nothing. And you, it hurts being a Seahawks fan sometimes. Strikeout Beer is in the house for NFL news. Yes, sir. You're here for NFL news. Let's go. Hashtags all day. Strikeout Beer is watching on Facebook. But we do have a Twitch channel now. You can watch it from Twitch, from YouTube, from Facebook. We're everywhere. And yes, the Lions did get Griffin for a steal. They probably pick up their con his contract, but what? That's three million dollars? Like Seattle can't afford a three million dollar contract. Pete Carroll did make a statement about picking up some of these free agents to help with the pass rush. And he said, Yo, you know, it's it's hard to pick up free agents right now or, or go get do do trades because there's a COVID period, you have to wait. Um, you know, you don't, you risk bringing someone in that can contract the virus and people are doing it, Pete. That's not an excuse. Le'Veon Bell just went to the chiefs. He took a couple snaps last week. He took one week off making excuses to why you can't bring someone in to help your defense because they pressured zero times on Kyler Murray. They didn't get any pressure, any hits, any sacks. And Kyler Murray tore them apart in the second half in overtime because that defense sucks. Other player news, Antonio Brown is officially a Buccaneer. Antonio Brown will be playing with Tom Brady again. They looked very good for that one game they played together in New England. So here's my problem. He already doesn't look like he's going to play in Week 8. Antonio Brown... He could play because it's basically the same scenario as Le'Veon Bell. He came in. He can't play this week because you got to go through COVID protocols, but you're ready to go the next week. He's probably not going to go in week eight. They have to make sure the offense, you know, he understands it. I get, I understand all that, but they just, (laughs) they have to see what happens with him in practice. Let's get a feel for his personality. Let's get a feel for what happens when he doesn't touch the ball. We have to understand that this is Antonio Brown. They have to be super cautious. And guess what? Bruce Arians is not a very cautious person. He already came out and started blasting AB. He said, well, look, Mike Evans didn't touch the ball in week seven until the fourth quarter, but he you don't hear him crying. So if Antonio Brown's crying about touches, we're going to have a problem. Don't talk crap about AB. Just leave it alone, especially to the media. I know Bruce Arians doesn't care. He'll just say whatever whatever the heck Bruce Arians wants to say. But it's his Antonio Brown. He is a super fragile human being. You can't just go out and blast him in the national media. Okay. You can be like, we're just, we're glad to have him here. He'll be working out this week, pick up the offense. You know, it'll be a great time. And then you can go into your locker room and be like, hey, AB, guess what? If you don't touch the ball, you know, you deal with all that in house. You don't you don't put him on blast in front of the media. That's what Bruce Arians does, though. That's a bad start, in my opinion. I feel like people slept on that. He came out and said that, and people were like, "Yeah, it's true. He's got a point there." He's... You you can't be putting A B on blast because that's that's just a bad bad first step to working with him. But uh, you know, Chris Godwin's hurt again, so they're not even fully healthy again, anyways. This is what I just keep saying. The Bucs are Super Bowl contenders if everyone is on the field. Chris Godwin has not played back-to-back games yet this season. Mike Evans is dealing with a hamstring injury. (sighs) Rob Minkowski is obviously injury-prone. This could fall apart quick for this team. It could. Just like the same thing with the Steelers. Big Ben got hurt last year, ended his season by throwing a football. He threw the football, didn't get touched, and it ended his season. If he goes down again this year, the Steelers' season is also over. And there's a bunch of injuries with Tampa Bay. If players keep going down with Tampa Bay, their season could uh, hit a struggle point. Finger surgery for Godwin. He broke his finger on a touchdown catch, which is unfortunate. Very bittersweet moment. I got a touchdown, broke my finger. Des Bryant is now a Baltimore Raven. He will be going to the practice squad, but that's just, he won't be there for long. As long as Des has some kind of vertical still, he'll finally be that outside the numbers, down the field, like threat that the Ravens need. The Ravens don't have that. Marquise Brown can fly. Okay. He's five foot six. I don't care if he can fly because just a regular 5 foot 10 or 11 corner can blanket him that's just a fact if he can outrun him great but lamar also has to put the ball on him which is a huge struggle his wingspan is not huge des bryant's wingspan is huge they got willie sneed nobody cares so that's just my opinion I love how the Steelers have the Ravens coming up this week, and that's like a threat to the Steelers' undefeated season. The Chiefs' defense completely shut down the Ravens. You don't think the Steelers' defense is just going to do that tenfold? Like, Honestly, ask yourself that if the Chiefs' defense can shut down Lamar Jackson and that Ravens' offense, I'm pretty sure the Steelers will be fine. So I, I don't think... I don't think the Steelers' undefeated streak ends in Week 8. My opinion. I think that's all I got for NFL news. Um, you know what? I don't have a banner for off-the-field MVP. Huh. I don't want to do I don't want to make it right now, anyways. Let's check back in on the poll question. Let's do this real quick before we transition to our next segment. Let's see. I gotta go find it. It's just so it's so far away. I gotta like go to the group tab. It it just takes so long. And if you're listening to the podcast, I apologize. So we're officially tied up 5 5. Will Trevor Lawrence stay at Clemson or go to the NFL? Uh, we have five votes for the Jets and five votes for Clemson. And if I go to the Insta and check that one out, everyone is still saying Jets on the Insta, and that's still two votes. So we're we're pretty even. A, a few more people are leaning towards him going to the NFL. Trevor Lawrence did come out and say that you know he plans on moving on from Clemson. He plans on going to the NFL, but. You never know. It's basically a politician answer. Here's what I'm thinking about doing, but I don't know. Maybe it's just, you didn't answer the question. Is it yes or no? You're going to go to the NFL. You're going to stay. Oh, anything can happen. That's not an answer. I don't expect him to give an answer. I don't. I, I, I question myself about doing this poll question because I hate. I hate it when people are talking about draft stuff in week seven, week eight of the NFL. Maybe the Jets go on a run. Maybe they fire Adam Gase, and the Jets find a spark. Sam Darnold does really good. They win two or three games. It's a miracle. They just figure it out. They sneak off two, three games, and they don't even get the first overall draft pick. Maybe the Washington football team steals it. The Giants steal it. Who knows? The Falcons, anyone. The Texans suck. There's a lot of bad teams. Maybe the Jets don't even have the first overall pick by the end of the season. Who knows? It's very unlikely, but who knows? Uh, Fred Fred thinks that Lamar is better with Des because Lamar won't wait in the pocket for Des to get open. He doesn't have to wait. It's just like his tight ends. Like, yeah, because when, he, when the route is just the play, is Mark Andrews going up the seam or Boyle going up the seam, you know, he, he just throws that up there for him. He doesn't wait. He doesn't have to scramble usually. He's just like, all right, he's, he's in position. Here's three guys on him, but he's in position. He just chucks at him, and hopefully they come down with the ball. That's what he'll have now down the field and outside the numbers. That's why he's good with tight ends. Big wings, wingspan. Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed. These wingspans and talent levels are just limited. Des Bryant, he's a huge human being run down the field, chuck it up to him, jump ball. Now, it's been a couple of years. I don't know what kind of Des you're going to get. I'm not going to come out here and say, there's your guy. It's Julio. Just chuck the ball down to him. He'll he'll one hand every catch. And that's not what we have here. It's Des Bryant. Uh, hasn't played played for a couple of years, but it's at least something that Lamar can work with. So, um, real quick. Our off-the-field MVP for this episode. I'm trying to do one every week. I'm trying. Um, I don't think we did one for Thursday last week. But we're doing it now. Off-the-field MVP is... This is the official NFLPA Community MVP Award for Week 6. They're always a week off. I don't know why. They're, they're always... Like, it's Week 7, but now they come out with Week 6. I, I don't know. It's Panthers defensive tackle Derek Brown... He's a rookie, came out of Auburn. He is launching his monthly project, Universal Love Give Back Initiative. I'll say that again. He is launching his monthly project, Universal Love Give Back Initiative. So th- it's basically this initiative where every month he's trying to do, I think, either a $10,000 or a $50,000. I think it's $50,000 event to give back. It's a monthly thing. He's I'll, I'll let me read it. I'll get it for you. Um, I got to He kicked off his Project Universal Love, a mon- monthly initiative by the Derek Brown Foundation and the Family Institute of Health and Human Services to give back to the greater Charlotte area. Uh, each month, Brown will create various pop up villages around Charlotte that will distribute more than fifty thousand dollars in needed resources. A monthly initiative with all these different things he's gonna set up, all these pop-ups to give fifty thousand dollars and in and resources to the community. This is a rookie, folks. A rookie. Just seems like a great kid. Great kid. So Caroline is lucky to have him. But this specific event they're talking about, Derek Brown distributed pizza in more than 1,000 Halloween costumes to the Charlotte or Charlotte. I think it's just Charlotte, not Charlotte, Charlotte youth in need during a special drive through event. They just hand out pizza and costumes. It doesn't have to always be, you know, like books or school supplies. You know, they always do the Christmas. Pre- a lot of people around the league always do the Christmas. Pre- they go shopping with uh, underprivileged kids. Um, and they, you know, help him pick out, I think he bought uh, like a player will go buy Christmas presents for him. That's a popular one. So this is a Halloween one. Just giving out costumes. They can't afford a dope costume. Hey, Derek Brown will give you a costume. It's great. Um, yeah, Fred, great character for a rookie. So yes, yeah, should Carolina is lucky to have him in that area. Um, the way some of the quotes that in that article, I just got to go to NFLPA.com. You know, probably slash community MVP. You'll find the full article there. And you can also go, go to the Derek Brown Family Foundation, I believe it was. I didn't pull it up, um, unfortunately, this time. I'm a failure at life. The, I, I, did, I did say it. I read it. So you can go to his website to learn more about that and about his foundation. And going back, one comment, Trevor Lawrence will know who has number one pick before he has to declare for the NFL draft. Maybe that's what he meant by who knows. I plan to move on, he says, but who knows? Maybe he means that by saying who knows who who will have the number one pick. If it's the Jets, that changes things. If it's any other team, I'm out of here. Even if he goes to the Giants, let's say they move on from Daniel Jones. The Giants are not that bad of an option to go to. You have Saquon there, at least. You have a couple of players. The defense is terrible, but you have Gettleman. Gettleman loves offensive linemen and defensive linemen, so at least he'll protect you. That's just kind of what he does. He drafts the big uglies. I don't think the Giants would be a terrible spot for Trevor Lawrence, but the, I would not want to go to the Jets. If the Texans had the first overall pick, who cares because it goes to the Dolphins. The Texans are a disaster right now. I feels I feel bad for just Texas. Cowboys, Texans, Longhorns, the Texas Longhorns. I think they're doing pretty bad too. Who knows? College football. Let's do some week seven recap. It was an eventful week seven. Those early slotted games in week seven, the 1 p.m. games on Sunday, whew, some of those games came down to the wire. <clears throat> Tell you what. I. Because I was watching the Red Zone channel. They're basically playing three or four games all at the same time because they were all coming down to like the last play. Boy. Oh, that yingling touches my soul. But first, Thursday Night Football. Oh, P. Cooper, 012. Want to become famous? Buy Fowlers, primes, and views. Nah, I'm good. Is there a way to delete comments? I guess you can't delete comments from here. That's unfortunate. No thanks, P. Cooper. Get out of my stream. The Giants at the Eagles. The Eagles won this game 22-21. This is a hard game to watch. I watch every game. That's what I do with my life. I watch every football game till completion. And this one was tough. The offenses. I've probably never seen a game where the offenses were terrible, but it was just multiplied because the offensive lines were some of the worst offensive line plays I have ever seen. Andrew Thomas, the rookie for the Giants. He's kind of being thrown into action. I understand it's tough for a rookie, especially to be put in the blind side of your quarterback. He played terribly. He was, he was bad. He was very bad the eagles in general they they're you know they had players going in and out of the game the entire time lane johnson was in and out with an injury cuz he's just coming back from an injury it's in shambles we already know that the giants off current offensive line is not doing too well it was it was hard to watch and then it got even harder to watch later in the game when daniel jones ripped the hearts out of our chests of all white people everywhere he goes on this brilliant 80 yard run, but about 70 yards in. Listen, let me I I watched this play and felt like in slow motion. He's going for this great run. No one's gonna catch him. The safeties are even starting to slow down. You know how they kind of just like ah, oh, he's he's gone and they kind of let up a little bit. I saw his shoulders kind of go forward a little bit, and I was just like, no. No, he can't. And then I saw like him trying to catch himself. He stuck out that his his right arm, and he's just kind of like you can see it kind. You can see it developing. You know what's about to happen, but you can't believe it. No one within fifteen yards of him. And then that one leg kind of goes out, and then it just he just starts to tumble. He leans forward, and it's over. The dude falls to the ground, and no one touched him. He just fell. It's really funny to make fun of memes everywhere. Disappointed white people everywhere just couldn't run into the end zone. But he still ran faster than Lamar Jackson has all season. And he still ran for 80 yards. I probably could not go sprint 80 yards without dying right now. I'll give him that. Falling is embarrassing. But what everyone keeps forgetting about, because this is just really fun, I tell you, Evan Ingram made out like a bandit because without that play, everyone would have been making fun of Evan Ingram because at least they still scored a touchdown after he fell. Evan Ingram drops a wide open, easy catch to seal the game for the Giants. Drops it. Everyone, you yeah, people really—he he did that. I didn't even know. <laughs> A lot of people don't know because no one wants to talk about that. Everyone wants to talk about Daniel Jones falling on his face. You want to talk about Evan Ingram literally lost the game for the Giants. The Eagles weren't that great. Carson Wentz had two touchdown passes at least. I wasn't terribly impressed with anything that happened with either team, but the Eagles did get the win, and their half game in first place. Yay, we celebration yay the bills at the jets holy baloney here's our season three episode 24 whiteboard poster back here uh tyler bass versus the jets that's all it was the bills this is kind of what i felt like was going to happen with the bills i I, i'd like for fred to tune in in the comments section if he's got an opinion about his team but This is kind of what I felt was going to happen. This is what will happen with the Jets for the rest of the season. Teams will expect to go in there and roll the Jets. And sometimes teams do. They go just because they have more talent just in general. Like the Dolphins, they have a lot of talent over there. Bills have a lot of talent, but they just went in there expecting they're going to blow them out, and they came out flat. And honestly, they played the whole game flat. Josh Allen did not play good. Running game wasn't really there. Defense played decent, but Tyler Bass went six for eight on field goals. And Bills fans still aren't happy. He hit six of eight field goals, and they're calling for his head. He scored every single one of the Bills' points. And Bills fans are like, man, he needs to get out of here. We need to get rid of this kicker, man. He misses too many. For one, he's a rookie. Six-round pick. It's not like this prodigy kicker. Like Rodrigo Blankenship, <coughs> excuse me. Bills defense finally showed up once the Jets went up 10-0. Yeah, and then they went. They got 18 straight points out of Tyler Bass. Yeah, he missed a couple field goals. He went six for eight. Uh, going to your backyard and kick 20-yard field goals. I bet you ain't going six for eight, Bills fans. Whoever whoever's complaining that Tyler Bass is your kicker, you could still have Stephen Hauschka. He lost one of the games for the Jacksonville Jaguars this season cuz he missed a couple of field goals. You could still have him. Um it was definitely a flat offense says Fred, but it was better. It was very flat. It was very flat and just this this is what I've been saying a couple times now. When you go and play the Jets, it's one of those reset weeks. You know, you should be able to go play the Jets, figure out your offense and just kind of just kind of play, you know? do a couple things here. Let's just get Josh Allen throwing all three levels again, deep ball, mid-range, short passes. We'll run a couple fun plays. We'll get just get back on track. It didn't seem like the Bills did that. So, we'll see what happens. They get to play the Patriots next week. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll talk in detail obviously. Thursday show is a week 8 as a kind of looking forward in the next week, our prediction show, so we'll talk about that, but I would be worried for the Bills if now they have to go play the Patriots. At least it's in Buffalo. The Lions at the Falcons. Okay. Oh, hold on. It's party time. It's always party time, man. Hashtag party time up in here and on and off the field from Strikeout Beer. Hashtag party. Rapid Dave is doing a promotion in November. Uh, if I think if you watch Rapid Dave streams... Um, I, I, I'm going to ask him to tell me what it is, but in November, whenever you send him stars on his streams and whatever's gets donated to the beer fund that they always run goes to a food bank around them. They're all, they're donating all the money to the local food bank, which is dope. I, I obviously from out out the field where we run fundraisers all the time, the fact that they'd be doing that is awesome. So, thank you Rapid Dave and Strikeout Beer for doing that. Uh Adam Gase gave up play calling this week to the OC, which I think allowed the Jets to start out quick on the Bills. Yeah, I I mean that could help. Sam Darnold still didn't even throw for over 200 yards, so I don't know. I don't know who did, I don't know who he gave up the play calling to, but I still don't think it's going to fix their problems obviously. They have far too many problems. Um Yeah, the Lions at the Falcons. This is, well, I guess one of two games because Penn State did the exact same thing when they lost to Indiana on Saturday, but the Falcons lost with a go-ahead touchdown. Yeah, so you heard that right, folks. The Falcons lost by scoring a touchdown. They were like, what, somewhere between 5-10 yards out of the end zone. Todd Gurley goes up the middle And he forgets that he doesn't want to score. So he tries to lay down at the one yard line. But before he can go down, he crosses the goal line. The Lions defensive players were like, oh, my God, he did it. He scored a touchdown. It's a touchdown. They're putting their hands up. They're like, he did it. The Lions players were begging the refs to call a touchdown, which is hilarious. Uh, But obviously they didn't want to do that because then it gave the ball with plenty of time back to the Lions and it ended up with a Matthew Stafford, a TJ Hawkinson touchdown. Fantasy points. I still lost, but, yeah, I love TJ Hawkinson. He's a beast. One of the better tight ends in the league, and this is only a second year. Love it. But the Lions got the better of the Falcons. They just keep failing. Arthur Blank went down to the sideline. That's, like, his signature move is, like, near the end of a game. He'll go down to the sideline. But I feel like every time he does that, they end up losing a lead, and they end up losing the game. Just stay in your box, dude. You're bad luck. They're showing him on the sideline. They scored that touchdown. He's on the sideline like, oh, yeah, man, we're going to win this game. He did the same thing in the Super Bowl. They're going to win that Super Bowl matchup. He goes out on the sideline. They lost that game to the Patriots, obviously. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Fred, are we moving on. No, I'm just kidding. The Bills adjusted at halftime. They only allowed four yards of the Jets in the second half. Is that a fact? They allowed four yards. Holy crap. Game losing TD theme of the weekend. Yeah. Penn State and the Falcons. Game losing touchdowns. And then you gotta look at uh the Rice college football game. I don't know who they were playing, but the people the team that kicked this field goal, non-field goal was Rice. The ball doinked off the uprights four times. Four times times this is no double doink this is chicago fair chicago bears fans over here getting ptsd this was a quadruple doink boop, 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 boop. it has to be a record please log that away uh whoever does um records for missed field goals please mark that one away for four doinks Got fire in the chat, strikeout beer, fire in the chat. Josh, come on, Josh Bailey in the house. He's got sweet style something is his profile picture. Some kind of bag of something sweet style. Are you are you sweet style, Josh? Is that like is that why it's your profile picture? Only four yards for the Jets in the second half. That's disgusting. Oh, boy. The Browns at the Bengals. Baker Mayfield throws five touchdown passes after starting the day out 0 for 5 and throwing one interception. It looks like it's just going to be one of those games where it's like he's going to get benched again, but he comes out after that, goes 22 of 23. I'm not even looking at stats. This is coming out of my brain, folks. He went 22 of 23, 270-plus yards, five touchdowns. Uh, The game winner was a dime to Peoples-Jones, the rookie from Michigan, I believe. Great touchdown pass, great performance from the rookie. Good performance from Baker Mayfield. And, you know, it's the Bengals, man. They get a lead. They look good. But they're just not good enough. And that's just going to be the story. This is what we expected from the Bengals. I'm not going to, you know, Joe Burrow's like third in the league. He's thrown over 2,000 passing yards already. He's a good quarterback. What do you want from him? He's passing to aid the corpse of A.J. Green, whatever is left of him. You got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and then Joe Mixon was out. If Joe Mixon played this game, I'd imagine they win because Giovanni Bernard did not play well. I think if Joe Mixon was playing, they would have won this game. That's my opinion. But the Browns win. Baker Mayfield gets to hang on to his job for a little longer. I don't know what to make of the Browns. I don't know what to make of Baker Mayfield. And now OBJ is out. I think that's a good thing. I think it's almost like the same thing with christian mccaffrey not playing for the panthers you know when christian mccaffrey's playing for the panthers you feel like you have to run the offense through christian mccaffrey no matter what you get him the ball through the passing game the run game whatever you got to do get the ball in his hands and it just throws everything off even when it's not working you're like ah we just got to keep grinding that's the same thing with obj if obj's having a bad game his hands aren't sticky enough things aren't working well, just keep throwing the ball. We got to get OBJ as targets slash catches. We just got to keep targeting him. Without him there, that's pressure that's off of Baker Mayfield. He gets to spread the ball out more. He hit hit this tight end Harrison something Brian, Harrison Bryant. Who the heck is Harrison Bryant? He went off. He had a great game. Without OBJ there, it opens up the offense. So maybe this helps the Browns. It's the same thing with Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers. Uh, What's your thoughts on teammates not helping Dalton after the hit? Yeah, we went over that a little bit earlier. Um, It was disgusting that his teammates didn't do anything. Just walking around, didn't go up and shove Bostick at all. Didn't even, they did nothing. Honestly, they just walked up to him and they were like, you all right, dude? That looked like it hurt. All right, here comes the medical staff. Good luck, dude. They don't care. Because Andy Dalton's not their leader, they don't care about Andy Dalton. That's just straight facts. It sucks, but it's facts. Uh, the Steelers won the game of the undefeated. so they moved to six and zero. The Titans fall to five and one. Derrick Henry held to under a hundred yards. That's what we all expect. It's what I expected. It was the game of an unstoppable force versus an unmovable object and the unmovable object won the day. Yeah, Steelers' defense is really good. I didn't know if anyone knew that. Here's your PSA announcement. The Steelers' defense is very good. They didn't even have Devin Bush. He's lost for the season, and they still held Derrick Henry to under 100 yards rushing. If it wasn't for three interceptions from Ben Roethlisberger, this game probably would have been a blowout but he let the Titans stay in it. Ryan Tannehill had a two touchdown day. Played well. Played good. But if Derrick Henry's not Derrick Henry and the Titans are 16 and 0 when Derrick Henry rushes for over 100 yards. I don't know what the record is when he rushes for under 100 yards. I'm going to guess it's pretty bad. That's this offense runs through him. And when you you can't depend on one player Derrick Henry, King Henry, yeah, he's a really great running back. And, yes, Ryan Tannehill, some people even consider him now running for the MVP case. If Ben Roethlisberger doesn't keep turning the ball over, they don't even have a chance in this game. But, yes, they took advantage of turnovers, and Ryan Tannehill took advantage of short fields and kept the game close. Offensively, they were not a good unit because Derrick Henry could not get going. Derrick Henry can't get going. The rest of the offense can't get going, and you lose. I got to stop hating on Derrick Henry. Uh, It's just a bad look for me, I feel like. Derrick Henry is a very good running back. I'm not going to sit here and tell you Derrick Henry is not a good running back. He's obviously very fast. He's very strong. He stiff arms people. He rushes for over 200 yards. He's a good running back. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm hating so much but he didn't rush for he didn't rush for over 100 and the titans lost. Steelers linebacker hurt himself stopping Henry at the goal line. Which one? <laughs> that's funny. You know, it's a business decision to get in front of Derrick Henry to try and stop him. It's a business decision. You know, and that that's what Josh Norman tried doing and he got embarrassed and now apparently a Steelers Steelers linebacker got hurt trying to stop him. <laughs> It's a business decision. Panthers at the Saints. You know, I picked the Panthers to win this, but they came out. Teddy Bridgewater had a very bad day. There are two interceptions, I believe. I don't have stats in front of me. It's just from memory. Panthers at the Saints. Saints won 27-24. Same score as the Steelers and the Titans. You know, Drew Brees showed us what Drew Brees used to be able to do. And maybe he can still do it, and we just don't see it as often. No Michael Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders, and he's using what he has, and he did it very well. These are some wide receivers that you ain't never heard of and you ain't never going to hear from again as soon as Thomas and Sanders come back. Alvin Kamara had a great day, obviously, like 140 yards from scrimmage, whatever it was, great day. But Drew Brees was very good, and he threw open his receivers that you've never heard of. Practice squad, fourth stringers. And he did very well. And they won the game. The Panthers offense was bad. Panthers defense was not great. They just didn't I don't want to hate on the Panthers because they're supposed to be a team that's rebuilding. And now with the Saints maybe clicking. Tampa Bay is definitely gonna win that division now that they're clicking. I feel like the Panthers is, they're gonna start falling off here. I would imagine. I kind of thought maybe they'd be able to push if the Saints kept slacking, if the Bucks kept getting injured, the Panthers might be able to keep up with them. But if Chris McCaffrey comes back and he doesn't disrupt this offense and just makes it a little better, because let's be honest, Mike Brown is, I think his name is Mike Brown. He's, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you want from Mike Brown. Um, but C- CMC should be back. Next week, I, I would like to think he's, he improves this offense. Robert Spillane is the guy that got hurt for the Steelers. And who is my top five running backs right now? Oh, Lordy. Who are my top five running backs? That's tough. I have to think about that. you putting me on the spot. Alvin Kamara is definitely up there. Like, does this take into account, like, who's in the league or, like, who's playing right now and, like, who's not hurt? Because I'm going to put Christian McCaffrey on that list, but he hasn't played for a couple weeks. So are you talking about, like, who's playing right now? Because Alvin Kamara is probably number one. Aaron Jones up there, maybe number two. Clyde Edwards Hilaire maybe in there, maybe number five-ish. Oh, my gosh. I'd have to. i have to think about it. Get back to me. Maybe I'll post a graphic sometime this week. Le- uh, I'll post a graphic on my social media. Maybe that'll be my goal this week. Like, we're kind of halfway through the season-ish. I'll give you my top fives for each position. But I, I don't have a top five off the top of my head. I have to think about it. I can't just spew out running backs. I'd have to, you know... Get a list in front of me. I got to think about it. Derrick Henry's definitely in there. Alvin Kamara, CMC, Derrick Henry, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. <sighs> I'm definitely probably forgetting somebody. James Conner's not doing bad. There's always that one team that I forget about, and people are like, oh, you're leaving this guy Alex. sorry. I didn't mean to. I just forgot he existed for a second. Boston Scott. He's my number five. Boston Scott. Boston Scott is better than Miles Sanders. There, I said it. The Eagles should get rid of Miles Sanders. He's injury prone. He's not as good as Boston Scott, and they should ride with him. There's my hot take of the day. Yeah, Nick Chubb, he hasn't played in a while, so I forgot about him. He should definitely be in the top five. He's a great running back. When Nick Chubb is in there and you have Kareem Hunt, that is one of the best one-two punches you could possibly have. Because Nick Chubb will bowl you over, but he could also run to the outside. He can also catch passes, and he got the speed and agility of Kareem Hunt. It's two two very good running backs that they have over there in Cleveland. They're very lucky to have them. The Cowboys got embarrassed by Washington, twenty five to three. We talked about the Cowboys in detail earlier in this episode. Just no leadership over there. Everyone's hurt. The defense is terrible. They have no offensive players. They haven't like an. They could put together an all-pro team of just the players that they have hurt. That's kind of just. The, that's what they have going on over there in Dallas. It's absolutely horrible. They got embarrassed. Washington played well. Ron Rivera is cancer-free. He rung the bell. That's absolutely amazing, and he has his Washington football team a half game out of first place in the NFC East. What more could you possibly want? The Packers at the Texans, the Packers were great. Aaron Rodgers was great. They didn't even have Aaron Jones, but they still played very well. Jamal Williams is a very good running back. That's another one-two punch that people sleep on, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and the Packers. Both of those guys are electric. Devontae Adams came back from injury and just completely tore apart the Texans. The Texans are a bad team. People thought they still had a chance. David Johnson... Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. This is your offense. No. It's not good. And that defense has not been good for a while now. So Aaron Rodgers tore them apart. The Bucks at the Raiders. We talked about the Buccaneers a little bit earlier. The Raiders run through Josh Jacobs. He had 10 carries for 17 yards. That's not going to get it done. But the the Buccaneers front 7 is probably, I I think it's the best in the league, is that front seven for the Buccaneers, the pass rush, the run defense. It's it's incredible what they have for a team. And a lot of them just came in free agency. They had a couple of great draft picks. It's it's amazing what they put together up there. Um, But, you know, the defense is great for the Buccaneers. The offense is really starting to click. If they got everyone healthy, We've already said it once, twice, three times this episode. If the Buccaneers offense can stay healthy, and let's be honest, sane, now that Antonio Brown is there, if they can stay healthy and sane, then they could win the Super Bowl. I'll say it right here, right now. I'm throwing it down. Buccaneers can win the Super Bowl, will win the Super Bowl, if everyone stays healthy. But guess what? Chris Godwin has already hurt again. He broke his finger, so... It's a, it's a coin flip. Who's going to stay healthy there with the Buccaneers? The Chiefs demolished the Broncos. The Chiefs scored on offense, defense, and special teams. Pick six, kickoff return, offensive touchdown. So that's kind of fun. Broncos are terrible. They play in the snow. That, that's, that's all I got. I don't know. It was 43-16. to 16. The Broncos can't draft a quarterback to save their lives. John Elway needs to be removed from the front office. Just because he's tall and has big hands and a big arm does not make him a good quarterback. Someone needs to tell John Elway that. The 49ers demolished the Patriots. Jeff Wilson ran for three touchdowns for the 49ers, but ended up with a high ankle sprain, so he will be out for a couple weeks. Um, Raheem Mostert is already on IR for at least three weeks. Two more weeks after this week has already passed. Jimmy Garoppolo was very bad. He threw two interceptions, no touchdowns. And But who was even worse was Cam Newton. He threw three interceptions, completed maybe half of his passes for under 100 yards. He got benched, came in Jared Stidham. He threw an interception, no touchdowns. Patriots are a bad team. Yeah, people do. I I can name people. I'm not going to name people, but there's people who legitimately thought the Patriots were going to be able to keep going. They were going to be able to keep this dynasty alive. Sure, Cam even if Cam Newton was playing at a great level still, they have almost zero offensive weapons. Their defense was torn apart between free agency and people opting out. The this Patriots team was absolutely demolished in this past offseason between the offense and defense. It's this is not a surprising result. Were they 2 and 5 now? Could be 2 and 6 after they play the Bills next week. Whew. The Jags at the Chargers. I think I had a comment over here. Um, It was the snow game, our first snow game of the season. You don't think Locke is the answer for the Broncos? No. I think Locke is just another tall dude that can throw the ball deep but makes bad decisions and has a lack of accuracy. It's a typical Broncos quarterback. Look at the last couple of quarterbacks that the Broncos are drafted. They're all the same human being. (laughs) There's no difference. Like you if you put them all up against a wall and ask me to pick out which one were which is, which are their names, they're all the same exact person. Like they're they're all 6 foot 5. They can all throw it like 70 80 yards, but it doesn't matter. Uh what is it with the 49ers running backs having a day and then getting hurt? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of your trend right now. Jeff Wilson had a great day, three touchdowns and then boop, third touchdown run High ankle sprain. That'll be three, four weeks for him. There's a reason why Cam Newton wasn't signed until July. Exactly. Exactly. That's why he was also signed for like $1 million on his current contract. People are saying it's a steal. Bill Belichick did it again. Maybe we should wait a couple weeks to see if it was actually a steal or not. (laughs) Brady proving he's not assistant quarterback like a lot of people cried about. Yeah. It's true. I think people call him a system quarterback just because they did it for so long. You know, if you're in a system, which he was in a system for 20 years. So, yes, he's going to get called a system quarterback when you're running the same system for 20 years. So it's a fair thing. to. It's not like it's a bad thing to say that you're a system quarterback. I don't know why people are so upset when you get called a system quarterback. It means you get put in an offense and you run it very well and you don't make mistakes. You're efficient. It's not like it's a bad thing to be a system quarterback. I don't understand why that's like slander to call someone a system quarterback. And, yes, I am right about Broncos quarterbacks. <laughs> it's because John Elway just has this idea of what a quarterback should be, and he's usually wrong. The Jags lost to the Chargers 39-29. to Justin Herbert is just – he's amazing. I think he threw for three touchdowns, ran for another. I love Justin Herbert. And the Chargers wanted to hide him behind Tyrod Taylor. They wanted to hide this child from us. I'm glad. I'm I'm obviously not glad of what happened to Tyrod Taylor, but I'm glad Justin Herbert is on the field and we get to watch him. But they demolished the Jaguars. Gardner Mitchell didn't get benched. He was threatened to being benched. I don't know why you would threaten benching Gardner Minshew. You gain nothing by benching Gardner Minshew. Don't you want him to play bad? Don't you want to lose games? I feel like that should be your goal this season is to lose games. So why would you threaten your quarterback of being benched if he's playing bad? That made no sense to me. That was a stupid thing to do from the Jaguars part. The Seahawks at the Cardinals. Sunday night football. <sighs> Yeah. The Seahawks got conservative on offense and defense. They're up 10 points with less than three minutes left. They decided... Russell Wilson's done. We don't have to use him anymore. They decided to run the ball. They could have iced the game with about a minute 50 left on the clock. It was third and two, just past the two-minute warning. And they decided to run the ball for the third straight play, and Carlos Hyde got stuffed. So... The Cardinals had enough time to go down the field and tie up the game. They went to overtime. The defense was just exhausted and just in general, they're a bad defense. So they let the Cardinals do whatever they wanted in overtime. Luckily, they missed a field goal. That was fun. But then the Seahawks, you know, Russell Wilson throws his third interception of the game. Everything was bad. The Seahawks did a very bad thing all game. Russell Wilson hit a lot of great deep throws. Everyone always gets to see his beautiful deep throws in prime time three touchdown passes to Tyler Lockett, but penalties, bad play calling, and a very bad defense all showed their heads. That's that's the Seahawks of the last, you know, nine, ten years. As long as Russell Wilson has been the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, that is what the Seattle Seahawks are. They're a team that gets penalized a lot, especially in inopportune times. It's a team that has a lot of bad play calling. <clears throat> and it's a team just recently i guess this one is a uh, bad defense just just straight up bad defense you can say nothing nice about the CLC Seahawks defense uh the bears at the rams i was shocked by the result of this i thought the bears would have handled their business here but i guess it was in la i don't know i don't know uh the bears offense is it, it, they're a sham we we all know it now we can everyone can have a deep you know Sigh of relief. (sighs) We officially know that the Bears are frauds. Now they're down to five and two. They were five and one, but they were a fake five and one. Now they're five and two. The Ram, the offense was just very bad. Lots of turnovers. The defense penalties up the wazoo, and the Rams were not much better, especially on offense. Aaron Donald was a beast, a beast in this game. He was getting triple teamed at points. That's what you have to do against Aaron Donald. But the Rams' offense was not very good. They scored 24 points. Yeehaw. It was Most of those points came off of good field position that special teams gave them and you know turnovers from the Bears. That's why they scored so many points. They couldn't drive down the field. The Bears' defense did pretty well getting pressure on Jared Goff, which is what you need to do to disrupt that offense. They made enough plays... But then the offense, you know, Johnny Hecker put all five punts within the five-yard line, I believe, inside the five. He's the best punter in football, without a doubt. You cannot change my mind. And so the bad field position, Bears couldn't get out of their own way. Interceptions, busted plays, bad play calling, everything, everything was was bad for the Bears on, on Monday night. So the Rams win that one 24-10. So now we have a five and five and one Seahawks team, a five and two Cardinals and Rams team and a four and three 49ers team in the NFC West. Best division in football by far. Let's just wrap up with some comments here. So if you're, if you're listening to the podcast afterwards, sorry, we're going to end the show here with a little bit of comments. Cause I, you know, I love comments. This is, if, if you're listening to the podcast, and you're you know, you figured out finally he's doing a live show. Wow, that's cool. Join us. You know, seven PM Eastern Standard Time, the live show starts on now Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at OOTF Podcast. Fred says it's just an act by the Jags that they were gonna bench Gardner Minshew. I don't even know why you'd threaten it. It makes no sense. Why would you even bother? It's just a, that's just a stupid thing to do. The Seahawks team reminds me of the fifteen and one Packers, all offense, zero defense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't want to slander my own team. I don't know if the Seahawks offense is really that great. It was as good as that Packers offense was. It's very good. The offensive line is not as good as it, as the Packers offensive line has been for you know as long as Aaron Rodgers has been there. He's had an offensive line. The Seahawks do not. Aaron Donald Lamar Floyd and Jalen Ramsey helped the Rams win. I, those are probably your three, the three guys who had the biggest impact. Troy Hill also had, he's the one who tipped the ball in the end zone. Um, the, the bears were trying to make a comeback and they got down to the red zone and Nick Foles threw a terrible pass and a double coverage. Troy Hill tipped the ball, ended up in an interception. So that was a big play from Troy Hill watermelon punt i'm imagining that's johnny hecker reference nick Foles is just a good situational quarterback and great against brady yeah always always beats brady but yes he's not really your franchise guy you're not gonna be able to put him out there every week and be like go go win a fourth quarter comeback. let's do it it's not what he does leonard floyd yeah oh yeah lamar floyd yes leonard floyd <laughs> you made me say the wrong thing no that's fine leonard floyd yeah he, he Those guys played great. I would include Troy Hill in that. But that's the show. I believe that's going to be what we do tonight. Uh, We had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Talked for an hour 22. My throat's dry. (laughs) But thanks for the comments, everyone. I appreciate the comments. That helps get through the show when it's just me. Fred Durf will be back Thursday, I pray. And we cannot wait. But yeah, we will be back Thursday because mama didn't raise no wuss.